0: What's going on there, youth pastors? Paul Turner here from the thediscipleproject.net here with another great episode for you today. Hope that you're doing well. I hope that you're enjoying your summer. I hope your summer activities are off to a just a screaming start. I hope that you're killing it. I hope that you're seeing more and more young people come to your youth group. I hope that you're seeing young people come to the Lord. I just hope you're having an excellent, excellent summer. Let's go ahead and jump into the motion metrics here and let's uh, let's find out who's been listening and where are they listening from. I want to thank Herm. Herm, you're number one, buddy. You're number one. Number one on the charts. Number one in my heart. Herm. Thanks for listening. Top cities. We have Council Bluffs, Iowa, I believe, Fort Mill, South Carolina, and Bowling Green. I can only imagine that is Kentucky. But yeah, Council Bluffs, you're tearing it up over there with the listen. So thank you for, uh, thank you for listening and the top countries, U.S., Singapore, Germany. And boy, I want to thank all of you so much. This is a global podcast. People from all over the world listen to this podcast. And I want to thank each and every one of you, no matter where you are serving, no matter what size church you're in, no matter whether you're full-time, part-time or volunteer. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for answering the call to minister to teenagers wherever you're at in the world because you are making a difference right where you're at. So don't ever think that what you're doing is not making a difference. It is right there in your little part of the world. Big, big, big. It's big with God, big with me. And so don't you ever forget that you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing right now. If you're doubting it, hey, double down, triple down, get into it. And just see the fruit that uh, that God is bringing about. And in my little part of the world, had a couple of students visit church Sunday morning this morning. Had our young people greet them and uh, care for them. And just say hello and welcome them. So I'm hoping that they will come Wednesday night for our summer showdown that we're having. A four-week kind of a contest that we're having. I believe we're doing ultimate frisbee this week. So that will be a lot of fun. That's one of their favorite things to do. And I'm looking forward to camp coming up here in just a few weeks. And then we're going to be doing our, uh, disciple project, uh, come in July. And I'll talk to you guys more about that later, but today's episode, we're going to be talking about three things you should not do as a new leader. Before we get into that though, I want to let you know about a brand new series that I have written called fail forward. Let me ask you a question. Are your students feeling like they're a failure because they can't get their junk together with God? I know my students feel that way, and and I watched this um, this uh, interview uh, in the NBA. I, I think it was uh, Gian- Giannis uh, Eticanubo. I just I butchered that name, but if you're no basketball, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, the the uh, reporter asked him, "Was the season of failure?" And uh, it set off a whole conversation uh, about failure. And I thought to myself, "Man, this is something my students need to hear because so many of them." think they're just a failure before God because you know they 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 can't do it all. They can't do it all. They can't obey every commandment. They can't they can't do all the things that the church is requiring them. They can't do all this. And I said to myself, "You know what? We need to reset this. We need to reset the mindset of what failure is and how God looks at it." And so I wrote a 3-week series based on that conversation, based on that interview uh, that happened there, post-game interview. And uh, we talk about uh, the difference between Peter and Judas, both who failed. And I break that down and we talk about this. We talk about what is the difference? How does God look at failure? How does Jesus deal with Peter's failure versus Judas's failure? And then we talk about uh, Jesus redeems the failure. Jesus Redeems the Fails, and we talk about that because I always like to end a series on an up note. I always like to end it on a positive, and I want students to be encouraged. If this sounds like something your students need, I'm going to put a link down below. It comes with all the slides. It comes with small group questions. It comes with activities and ideas, so if you were interested in that, there'll be a link down below. I hope that you'll uh, go out and grab it for your students. You can teach it in Sunday school. You can teach it midweek, and you might not even need it right now, but you say, Paul, that's something. That I know that I'm going to need to address with my students in the future. And so, listen. If you want to support this podcast, if you love this podcast, we'll go ahead and buy the resources. That lets me know that you are listening and you say, Paul, I appreciate what you do. So let's go ahead and jump in and talk about the three things new leaders should never do. One of them uh, is something that I did, and uh, I actually used the words "There's a new sheriff in town." Can you imagine that? Can you believe? that I stood before a bunch of students and said, there's a new sh-. And even though I said it jokingly, even though I said it in, in mockery, uh, it was still a stupid thing to say because that totally did not set the tone uh, for, for what I wanted to do. And I don't know why I said it. It was so dumb, how arrogant, stupid, and self-sabotaging that was. Even though I said it in joking manner, the underlying truth was I believed it. I believed I was the solution to some problem that was there. It was, it was as bad a move as you could make on your first night of youth group of being the youth pastor. And uh, all I know is that it resulted in me being humbled over and over again. So recently I read an article uh, from The Atlantic about CEO Chris Licht, or I should say former CEO, Chris licked because after this article was published, uh, Chris licked got the boots several days later, but, uh, the story reminded me of how a youth pastor, uh, becomes a pastor and, uh, he has some knowledge. He has knows some things and he just goes in there trying to do so much so quickly that it just turns on him. He had good ideas, but poor execution. So let me go ahead and reveal uh, the article here, read a little bit from the article here, which reveals, I believe, where the trouble starts. And like I said, this is from The Atlantic and it says, and then I asked Licht if looking back, there were things he wished he had done differently. He said, yes, 100 percent, but seemed reluctant to say more. And then I pressed and Licht conceded that his biggest mistake had been blazing into the place determined to prove he was in charge. Bellowing in his own synopsis, he says, I'm going to be a much different leader than Jeff, the former boss, rather than learning the place, including what Zucker had gotten right. He goes on to say, I was intent on trying to draw a line of difference between the old regime and the new regime, Lick said. I should have just sort of slowly come in, without making all these grand pronouncements of how different I was going to be. And that's from Tim Alberta, who's a staff writer at the Atlantic. And this is June 2nd, 2023, which then reminds me, of course, of the scripture that pride cometh before the fall. And this is the lesson. If you're taking over for someone, maybe another youth pastor or any leadership position, or, or you're taking on a greater leadership position than you've ever had, you should avoid these three urges. Number one, I'm going to be different than so-and-so. I know that you want to make your mark. I know that you want to do your thing, but I'm going to encourage you to not try to push that forward to say, look how more, much more different I am than so-and-so. The second thing that you need to go ahead and resist is I'm going to prove to so-and-so that I'm not so-and-so. Don't try to prove anything. Don't try to prove anything to anybody. Show up and be yourself. Don't try to, don't say, look, I'm going to prove to all of you that I'm better than that other guy or that guy that was there, you know, for 10 years and you come in and this happens, you know, all the time where maybe a a youth pastor has been there a very long time and you feel like you have to come in there and make your mark. So, you know, youth pastors go in and they change the name of the youth group and they change the, you know, the dynamics and they change the t-shirts and they change the meeting night. And my goodness, that's a lot of change just to prove a point or to say, look at how different I am than so-and-so, because you feel the need to make whatever's happening yours. And quite frankly, it's a selfish move because you're, you're really not considering your audience. You're not, you're looking at yourself and your leadership and how you're viewed instead of coming in and listening and watching and do nothing for a year change nothing for a year unless you absolutely have to, but just observe, watch, listen. And then the third thing, uh, the third desire you should go ahead and resist is I'm going to draw lines and bring order. Uh, And that me, that's me there. That's the guy that said, um, yeah, I'm going to, the new sheriff's in town. Okay. What are we doing? That's the dumbest thing ever to say. I'm going to draw lines and bring order. Or you say things like, I'm going to whip this place into shape and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And let me tell you something it's a bad, bad move. It's a bad place to be because now when you go in there, you're saying, I, if you're going to be the sheriff, you you got to you got to double down on it and you got to you know you're going to make these rules and you're going to do these things and you're going to suddenly start to see kids and volunteers start to move away from you because they sense that you're making it about you instead of making it about collectively about being the church about being you know servants about uh, about you know moving forward in the youth ministry to, to somehow facilitate growth and discipleship and all that. And, and that attitude of drawing lines and bringing order is, is about the leader and you don't need to make it about the leader. Remember you are the lead servant. You're not the lead sheriff. So let me encourage you then, instead of those three things that I just said, I'm going to be different than so-and-so. I'm going to prove to so-and-so that I'm not so-and-so. And I'm going to draw lines and bring order. Forget that stuff. Instead, number one, you should do this. Find what the previous youth pastor or pastor did well and build on it. Figure out what they did and what is cooking, what is going and say, wow, and ask a lot of questions. Be curious. You know, what, what, what? why do you guys love this so much? What, what do you think this is doing for the youth ministry? Or what do you, how do you think this advances the gospel? Or how do you, how, how do you feel about, um, you know, when you guys are doing this, what what does it make you feel like? And take those things that you're learning and say, okay let's not mess with certain things. Let's just leave it alone for a year and be curious. The number two thing you should do instead of all the other stuff is move slowly with change. Move slowly. Like I said, take a year. Don't do anything. Don't change anything. Don't try to change the names. Don't try to change the camp location. Don't try to change the thing just because you feel like you have to put your name on it. Just move slow watch what happens. Find, build those relationships that are going to help you create change instead of going just gangbusters in there and making these wholesale changes just to show you're in charge. Nobody cares about that. It's dumb. Don't do that. Okay. Number three, don't tell people what you're going to do build consensus and collaborate with others. Listen, you can go in there with all your big ideas and you're going to tell everybody about the changes you're going to make. You're going to tell them we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Ideas are nothing. Execution is everything. You can go in there with all the ideas you want, but if you can't execute on that, it's not going to mean anything. So when you're building consensus, when you're coming in, once again, with a servant's mentality, you are building relationships. It's much easier to to have change when you're building relationships, you're building a consensus of the direction as you go, and you're collaborating with others to do it. Otherwise, you are setting yourself up for just battles to try to get things done. So don't tell people what you're going to do. Don't come in with all the big ideas. Have some ideas, be sure you're going to build consensus, collaborate with others, and you're, then you'll see things start to shift over time. It will become easier to make changes because people get to know you, they get to know your heart, they start to buy into your vision, and then you can start to slowly move things forward. And that is it for this episode of the Youth Mission Motion podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it today. In fact, if you did enjoy it, would you consider leaving a review especially if you're listening on iTunes there, please go and leave a review or on Spotify uh, because the algorithms and all that, leave the five-star review, leave some kind words so that other people can get the value that you're getting right now. And if you leave a five-star review and some kind words, I will read it right here on the podcast. And that is it for today, guys. Thank you so much again. And remember, if nobody's told you lately that you're doing a good job, you're doing a good job. You heard it from me. You're doing a good job. I know the work you're putting in. I know the late nights. I know the early mornings. I know the battles that you're going through. And I know that in the midst of it, you are doing the very best you can. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for serving young people. and Thank you for serving the Lord. And thank you for serving a church that sometimes does not appreciate the work you do. Remember, you're doing a great job and you're only going to get better. And I'll see you guys